You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. We are live. It is a Thursday. Welcome to the Standing Room Spartans podcast with your host, Kevin Parker, here to talk about all things Michigan State football. Uh, This is a football podcast. We're thinking about branching out as we go along into basketball, but uh, I do have to touch on the Imani Bates news. Obviously, the, the really, really exciting, something that I think we we don't we don't know what's going to happen with it but it's it's okay to get excited it's okay to have our heart broken we've already done it many 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 times before so uh celebrate it's it's Imani Bates season hopefully we can get him in for a year in the green and white uh hopefully he can reclassify and and join Michigan State but uh, regardless of what happens, uh, really excited about it. I, I think it brings a little bit to the football recruiting, the basketball recruiting. It's just the atmosphere around campus. Uh, it's it's super important. But anyways, uh, we'll we'll touch on that a little bit. We'll talk today about uh, betting the Big Ten East. So a, a little bit of a conference preview, but from a betting perspective here today. Uh, We're going to go into a a real predictions and preview podcast later on in the offseason as we start getting a little bit closer, things start getting a little bit clearer um, as as far as the season and how it's all going to play out. But uh, betonline.ag does have a whole list of of prop bets for the season, win total over-unders, odds to win the division, odds to win the conference, to make the playoff. And, and everything in between. So we are going to get into that today because I, I just took a peek to see, and there are some really intriguing numbers, some numbers that I think could make you a few bucks here. So uh, before we get into all of that, I want to thank you guys for listening and supporting. If it's your first time coming in, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, stay a little while. Give me a review on Apple Podcasts. Ask a question. I will uh, answer it on the podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Standing Room MSU, and make sure you check out the previous episodes. Last uh, on Monday, last episode, I did an interview with the guys from Eyes on Big podcast, a Big Ten podcast with Jeffrey the Greek and Big Kurt, uh, which was awesome. We we went through uh, a, a lot of things about the conference, about Michigan State. It starts off a little choppy. 
uh, the first minute or so. So if even if you just want to skip uh, up until like one minute in, I, I think that's good. But uh, no, it was, it was a great conversation. If you haven't checked that out, make sure you do. It's uh, a lot of things that, that are important to Michigan State from a conference-wide perspective. I think we get a little bit too close to it sometimes when you're only getting one side of it. And two guys who cover the conference as a whole, getting their opinion on it I think is really important. And it was it was a fun conversation. We had a lot of fun. We talked about mascot battles and uh, we, we had some fun with it. So make sure you check that out. And of course, we have a lot of fun stuff the top five Mark D'Antonio games of our memory, the uh, outlook for Mel Tucker and the coach, the new coaching staff. We got a bunch of stuff. So check it out, subscribe, leave me a review, tweet at me. I will answer any and all questions on the podcast. Uh, And last but not least, if you are returning, thank you so much for the support. Keep on telling your friends and family. It's really exciting as this thing grows and grows. So, so thank you so much for the support. Thank you for, you know, tweeting at me, letting me know what you think. Um, you know, of course, again, follow on Twitter at standing room MSU and let me know if, if there's something you agree with, disagree with, I would love to talk with you about it. I want to get as much fan interaction on here as we can. So, um, get involved, you know, it's, we're kind of getting this thing started from the ground level. So, you have kind of a unique opportunity as a fan um, to to get into my good graces, if you will. So um, you, you know how it goes if you listen to some podcasts out there that, you know, when, when they're asking, answering fan questions and it seems like it's the same people over and over or getting their questions read, you can be that person. You can be the favorite, uh, the favorite listener. You can be the favorite audience member who gets their question read once a week and, and is a big part of the show. So remember that, uh, that you can always ask anything you want about. It can be about Michigan State. It can be about football. It can be about life. It can be about liberty, about the pursuit of happiness, uh, about animals. I don't care what it is. Ask me anything. So uh, really excited to to start really developing that uh, that side of it as well. But as we go into a 4th of July weekend, maybe you're listening to this on your drive up north. Maybe you're heading out to the lake. Maybe you're sitting on a boat right now with your feet kicked up and a beer in your hand. Whatever it is, maybe you're at work like the rest of us suckers. But uh, whatever it is, I hope you enjoy. Again, today we're going to bet the Big Ten East. I got a lot of props for you here. And uh, in the context of betting, of course, but we are going to do a little bit of a Big Ten preview here. We're going to go through each team in the Big Ten East. Next week, we'll hit the Big Ten West. Um, But I'm going to start with the win total over-unders just because it gives you a chance to, to kind of take each team for a few minutes here and really go into... You know, what do they have coming back? How'd they finish up last year? What's their schedule looking like this year? I got a lot of good stats for you and some interesting numbers, I think. So if you have a few dollars and and you're looking to invest this fall, um, I I got some good tips for you here. So stick around. And if you're not a better, there's a lot of good information, I think, in here just from a preview perspective to, to start really getting to know some of the names that you're going to be looking for in 2020 and, and everything like that. 
Uh, basically, how I'm going to do this, if you are a gambler or if you listen to some other gambling podcasts or what have you, um, I, I'm going to kind of give you a, a rough idea for the average fan uh, who's not really in tune with all of these numbers and, and plus and minus. What does this all mean? So I'll give you the betting odds, plus 350, minus 200. Uh, but I'll, I'll kind of break it down in dollars and cents. Uh, when you listen to some betting podcasts, uh, they'll they'll give you it everything in units. Um, the reason they do that is, you know, they don't want to assume how much you're betting. They don't want to really tell you how much they are betting. So one unit, it, you know, they can look at it as ten dollars, twenty dollars, a hundred dollars, a thousand dollars, whatever it is. Um, I am uh, a member of the common folk here. I don't have a hundred hundred dollars to throw on a on a game on a random Saturday evening. Um, so what I'm gonna do is I'll give you the betting odds plus 350 minus 200 whatever it is. Um, and I'll also give you it in terms of if you bet ten dollars, this would be your profit, this would be your return. just to give you a rough idea. Um, I, I think most of us that are kind of interested in sports gambling because, um, you know, it's it's starting to become legalized around the country. Um, the, these offshore books have been doing it for years. Obviously, Vegas has been doing it for years, but it's it's being a little bit more widespread to the common person, you know, the common sports fan who really doesn't know much about gambling but thinks, you know, hey, I, I've been watching football my whole life. I think I got a good read of this team or this conference. And, uh, you know, if I'm if I'm watching a Penn State, Illinois game or something that, you know, my team isn't involved in, uh, I, I would like to have a couple bucks on the game to make it a little more interesting. Um, so if if you are a member of that group here, uh, maybe I can help you out a little bit I, again. These numbers are all going to be courtesy of betonline.ag. They're definitely not a sponsor. If if they're listening and would like to be, I'd be glad to have you. But uh, it's it's a website I've used in the past. It's it's an offshore book. They, their numbers are all in right in line with everything you're going to see from Vegas. So um, there's really no outliers there. They ha they have some good props up. Um, again, if if you are looking to jump in the pool this off uh, or this autumn, this fall, um, you know, check around. There's a lot of places that do different kind of welcome bonuses. They'll match your deposit, you know. So if you deposit fifty bucks into the account, though, you'll end up with a hundred bucks, stuff like that. Check around, see, you know, read around, see what different people are offering because there's so many online sources now. Uh, but this is one I've used in the past, so this is what we're going to go with. Again, we'll start off with the win totals. Then we'll hop into some odds to win the conference, to win the division, and, and this sort of thing. We'll go from top to bottom. So from the highest number of wins projected to the lowest, which obviously means we're starting with the Ohio State Buckeyes, who finished uh, obviously atop the Big Ten East last year and for the last few years here. Their over-under total is 10 and a half. And remember, we're doing this based on the 12-game regular season. So this is not including postseason play, only the 12-game regular season. So 10 and a half is the over-under. So basically, they're giving you the proposition of does Ohio State lose two or more games? And we're starting this off with, I think, the easiest bet of the whole conference. Again, if 
If it's something that you're thinking about dipping your toes into it, this is a great one, a, a nice little investment. Put 10, 20 bucks down now uh, and you'll uh, you know you'll have to wait until the end of the season to get that cash back. but it's basically another version of a welcome de- deposit bonus because this is such easy money here. Ohio State losing 10 losing two games in the regular season is unheard of. Uh, they haven't done it once in the last five years. Uh, last year, uh, zero losses in the regular season. 2018, they had the one loss on the road against Purdue. 2017, they lost against Iowa. That's one regular season loss. 2016, one regular season loss against Penn State. 2015, one regular season loss against Michigan State. Of course, we remember that one. So they haven't lost more than one regular season game in the last five years. I don't know why we would expect them to lose more than one this year. They have their quarterback coming back in Justin Fields, who is the number one Heisman candidate going into the season. And yeah, they lose a lot of talent, but obviously they're reloading every single year. Uh, If you look at their five-year recruiting average, they're number three in the country. They're consistently bringing in upper tier first round draft pick type players. And, and I, again, I don't see any reason that this is going to take a, a dip down. You know, they have, if you're looking for a reason for concern, uh, the there's a new defensive coordinator here. Uh, this is going to be Kerry Coombs who, who's coming in. Uh, basically he was the uh, is a co-defensive coordinator, excuse me, but he was the cornerbacks coach at Ohio State from 2012 to 2017. Every single one of his starters ended up in the NFL. Uh, they got a lot of talent coming back. Obviously, they you they lose Chase Young, Jeff Okuda, two guys who were top three NFL draft picks. But you know they got this kid Zach Harrison, who's basically looking like the next Chase Young and the next Nick Bosa, the next Joey Bosa as a pass rusher. Uh, they're reloading that's that uh, defensive backfield every year. Sean Wade's going to step in. He could have been a first round pick, I think, last year at corner. He decided to come back, and of course, they're just reloading with five stars everywhere. The safeties are are probably the biggest area of concern, uh, but again, it's really not something to worry about with Ohio State in the defensive backfield. Now, when you go through the the schedule, you know to to kind of put some idea behind where I, I mean, where do you see two losses on here? Uh, you started off with Bowling Green. That's obviously a win at Oregon week two. That's definitely one that you're interested in. Oregon's going to be breaking in a new quarterback in the second week of the year without spring practice though. So I, I really see a hard time. I have a hard time seeing Ohio state lose that game. I would assume that they're going to be favored by a touchdown or so, um, even though they're on the road. So New quarterback, uh, second week of the season, no spring practice. I, I think that's going to be a really tough one for Oregon. I think Ohio State goes into outs and, and, and lights them up by two touchdowns. I, I really don't see Ohio State having a problem with that one earlier in the year. Um, you got a, a couple wins lined up after that. The next interesting game at Penn State, that's probably going to be their toughest game of the year. Penn State's played them tough every single year for the last few years. I expect this year to be no difference. Uh, they're at Penn State, so of course uh, the the COVID situation is going to be a, a big determiner for that game. If Penn State can have anywhere near a full stadium, that could swing things a little bit. 
Um, if there's no fans in the stadium, I think that's a, a pretty easy win for Ohio State. But at Penn State on uh, the late October, that's going to be a tough game for them. And then the rest of the season, I mean, you have Michigan at the end of the year. You have them at home. Uh, again, Michigan hasn't beat them the last five years. I don't see why we would expect them to start this year. So um, I, I think, again, this is probably your best bet. This is probably your best money on the board in the Big Ten East. Ten and a half wins for Ohio State. Bet the over. Bet the over. Bet the over. There's no way, no way this team is losing two conference games or two regular season games, I should say, in 2020. It's just not happening. Uh, that's one you can... It's This is your 401k investment. This, this is the safest you can be in betting college football. Um, so that brings us to our, our second team here, Penn State, uh, who is uh, projected at nine and a half. So uh, again, 12 team, 12 game regular season. The they are basically saying, are they going to lose at least three games this season? Now, Penn State they bring back seventy four percent of their production on offense. Um, you got the, your quarterback in Sean Clifford, your starting running back Journey Brown for the second half of the year, who who was an who was a beast the last uh, half of last year. Wide receivers are are looking a bit dicey. That that's probably the area of concern on the offense. But the defense is going to be awesome. They they return a lot of production, including arguably the best defensive player in college football this this year, and Micah Parsons, the linebacker who's basically the next Isaiah Simmons. He's a, a linebacker. He could play safety. He can rush the passer. Uh, he's running allegedly a four three forty. This dude's a beast. He's absolutely a surefire top 10 NFL draft pick. And like I said, probably the best defensive player in college football this year. Their defensive end combo, Shaka Tony and Jason Owe are ridiculous. Um, Jason Owe, Jason Owe, I think it is. I don't know how to pronounce his name. He is allegedly just an absolute freak show. This dude's like 6'5", 260, 44-inch vertical, 4440. Hey, this dude's an absolute freak uh, on the defensive line. Uh, on the other side of Shaka Tony, who's another uh, player in that same mold. So the, the secondary is a little bit troubling, but I think between those two pass rushers and Micah Parsons, uh, this defense is going to be very, very good. Uh, they were very, very good last year. They were number eight in the country in scoring defense at just 16 points a game, number six in the country in points per play. So th this is a, a defense I don't expect to take a big step back, even though they lose Yetter Gross Matos from, from last year's defensive line. They got guys to step right in there. So uh, a very good team now nine and a half wins so again they're they're asking the question are they going to lose three or more games now this is one i would personally probably stay away from i'll, I'll give you what i'm leaning towards if i had to pick one but it, this one makes me a little bit uncomfortable so we go through the schedule kent state week one win at virginia tech week two I would probably say that's a win, uh, but you're you're on the road at Virginia Tech again. If we have stands in the fans, that's stands fans in the stands. That's a tough place to play. 
Um, San Jose State win, Northwestern at home win. At Michigan, that's probably a coin flip game. You get your bye week, Iowa coming out of the bye, so that should be a win coming out of your bye, but you also have Ohio State the following week. You could have a little bit of a trap there. Uh, But basically, you break it down this way. Uh, Ohio State, we probably can say, is a loss. Um, And then you have games at Michigan versus Iowa at Indiana. Those games are all right in a row. At Michigan, by home Iowa, home Ohio State, at Indiana. I think the rest of their schedule they shouldn't have too much of a problem with. Uh, But there's four games, uh, and you're basically asking yourself, do you see Penn State losing three of them? I don't. I tend to lean towards seeing two losses on there, not three. I, I think between at Indiana versus Iowa at Michigan, I think they win three of those games. They lose to Ohio State, um, and they lose to one of those other teams. Uh, Again, the rest of the schedule, I don't see too much of a problem with Kent State at Virginia Tech, San Jose State, home Northwestern at Nebraska, home Michigan State, home Maryland at Rutgers. I, I don't see them losing any of those other games. So it comes down to those four. I would think that they can win at least two of them. So... That puts you at 10 wins at a 10 and 2 record, which would give you the over. But again, I, I just, Sean Clifford is a guy that I'm not super excited about at quarterback. He has some experience and he played pretty well at times last year. Um, but I, I it, it makes me a little bit nervous. So, so I'm going to lean the over here, but I'm probably going to stay away from this one. Uh, which brings us to another one I'm going to stay far, far away from, and that's Michigan, also at nine and a half. So same proposition. Do you see them losing at least three regular season games? They did it last year. They lost to Ohio State, Penn State, and Wisconsin. Uh, so they they would have had the under last year. Obviously bringing in a new quarterback situation, either Dill McCaffrey, Joe Milton with Shea Patterson gone. Now, personally, I kind of view that as a positive because I think Shea Patterson was just a bad quarterback. Uh, I think the five-star billing was something he was never going to live up to because he wasn't that good in in the first place. So um, they'll they'll have to figure out the quarterback situation. They have a good running game, but they lost four offensive linemen starters from last year. Jalen Mayfield is a great left tackle, but he's the only one coming back. The defense is only returning 49% of their production. That's good for 111th in college football. Uh, they have some players coming back, but but it's just, uh, you know, it's tough to, to reload on both sides of the ball like this. When you look at their returning production, they're 120th in offense and 111th in defense. And, and I know it's Jim Harbaugh's recruited well. They, they have good players coming in every year, but... When you're replacing that much production on the team, you're you're bringing in a new quarterback, you don't have spring practice, it's going to be really tough for Michigan. Um, now, the reason I'm staying far away from this is the schedule is tough, uh, but if Dylan McCaffrey comes out and, and looks good and, and he can become a top 15-ish quarterback in America, a top three quarterback in the conference... I could easily see them winning 10 games. I would have no problem seeing them win 10 games. Um, and, and of course, with most teams, it just comes down to the quarterback. But 
With Michigan, you know they're going to beat the teams that they should beat. They, they do it every single year. When you go back through their losses the last five years, Wisconsin, Penn State, Iowa State, or Ohio State, Alabama, uh, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Florida, Michigan State 2017, Penn State, Wisconsin, Ohio State, South Carolina in the bowl game, 2016, Iowa, Ohio State, Florida State in the bowl game, 2015, Utah, probably a game they should have won, but Michigan State, Ohio State. They don't lose the teams that they shouldn't lose to. It just doesn't happen under Jim Harbaugh. So it's going to come down to the games that are against teams that are equal caliber or better. And how many of those games do we find on the schedule? Well, at week at Washington, week one is a tough one, obviously. Home against Wisconsin, that's week four. Home against Penn State, that's week five. At Minnesota, that's week seven. Versus Purdue is a tough game. Uh, and then, at, of course, at the end of the year, uh, your your last two games, home Indiana at Ohio State. So that's at Washington, one, home Wisconsin, two, Penn State home, three, at Minnesota, four. I'll even leave off Purdue, but I think that's a good team. Um, and I'll leave off Indiana. Still, at Ohio State gives you five very, very, very tough games. And if you're telling me that Michigan's winning three of those, and beating Minnesota, and beating Indiana, I don't really see it. Um, So I would definitely lean the under here. But again, I'm staying away from this one because uh, I've seen Michigan win all of those games that they should win. So your Indiana, your Minnesota, again, those are two teams that are definitely coming off good years and should be good again this year. But uh, it's it's still a, a team that Michigan should win, and they've proven over the last few years that they're not going to lose those games uh, in an average year. So um, if they can find a quarterback and, and win those games that they should win, it, it's not out of the question to see them winning three games between at Washington, Wisconsin, and Penn State, both at home and at, at Minnesota. I, I don't see any problem looking at those games and saying that they could win three if they find a quarterback. So I'm staying away from this one. I would probably lean the under uh, because you have a lot of those tough games that just come down to a tough schedule, to be quite honest, Uh, and a new quarterback, a lot of new players starting on both sides of the ball. So uh, four new offensive linemen. I mean, it's going to be really tough for Michigan to win 10 games this year. And if they do, it's going to be a hell of a job by Jim Harbaugh and the staff, but I just don't really see it this year. Now, the fourth highest odds in the Big Ten East are the fourth most projected wins, I should say, Indiana. They're coming in at seven and a half. So basically, will they lose five or more games on the schedule? Now, last year, they finished the regular season eight and four, losses to Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State, Ohio State. So, Again, uh, beat all the good teams or beat all the teams that they should beat. Lost to most of the good teams on the schedule. Um, the eight wins that was their highest since 1993. Uh, but uh, you look at man, the guys that they have coming back. There's no reason to think that they can't repeat that. They are 37th in the country with 74 percent of their returning production on offense. That would be higher, but their uh, half of the year starting quarterback, Peyton Ramsey, transferred to Northwestern. So that's a big chunk of that production. 
receivers, running backs, most of those guys are coming back. So um, the returning production on offense, 82% returning on defense. That's 12th in the country. We put those together. I believe it's top five in the country in terms of your, your whole starting team uh, returning production. But Michael Penix is going to be the quarterback. He started most of last year. He, he dealt with some injuries, but he's a mobile guy who can you know beat you both ends. He, he had 350 passing yards against Northwestern and then three or against Nebraska, 370 against Penn State. I, I mean, this kid can flat out play. There, there's a reason Peyton Ramsey, who was a good quarterback, had to transfer out. Um, so you get your quarterback. You got pretty much your whole team coming back. You got a good staff. I, I love, absolutely love what Tom Allen and the guys are doing over there at Indiana. So it, it's an interesting year because you look at the schedule. Again, we got to find five losses if we're thinking under seven and a half wins. So uh, what what games should they lose at Ohio State? And that's all uh, when I really look through the schedule. The games they could lose. So these are are the interesting ones. You have at Wisconsin, one. You have home Penn State, that's two. You have at Michigan, that's three. You have home Purdue, that's four. The rest of the schedule, Western Kentucky, Ball State, at UConn, Maryland at home, at Rutgers, Michigan State at home, uh, Illinois at home. It's not a tough schedule for Indiana. So I think you rack up the wins against the teams that you easily should beat. Western Kentucky, Ball State, UConn, Maryland, Rutgers. That's five wins right there. So the rest of that season, all you need is three wins between at Wisconsin, Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State, Illinois, Michigan, Purdue. So if you win the games you should win, and you beat Illinois and Purdue, who you really also probably should beat, you already have it right there. And that's not even including a win probably at home against Michigan State, Uh, a game against a Michigan, a a Penn State, a Wisconsin that you might be able to steal. Because again, especially in this COVID environment where teams aren't really getting to get their guys together for spring practice, if you have your coaching staff and your your basically your whole team coming back, that's a huge advantage that Tom Allen has. So this is my second best bet. Again, Ohio State, easy money, take it to the bank in your 401k. This one's a, a touch under that because you know Indiana's only done it once in the last like two decades. So it makes you a little bit nervous, but when you look at what they did last year, what they got coming back and the schedule for this year, I don't see any reason that they lose five of those games. So give me over seven and a half for Indiana. Easy. Next up, we have our Michigan State Spartans over under four and a half. Uh, this is one I won't spend too much time on because we've talked a lot about Michigan State in 2020 and we will continue to talk a lot about Michigan State in 2020. Uh, But four and a half is a really, really tough number here. I will stay far, far, far away from this bet because uh, I do see a couple of wins on this schedule. But for Michigan State, it comes down to when you look at the schedule, again, Rutgers and Maryland are probably two wins. So, So there's your wins. Toledo, you probably can look at as a win. So that's three. And you think, well, we only need two more the rest of the season. But the rest of the schedule is home Northwestern. That's a week one Big Ten game. 
with a new coaching staff and, and a lot of new players at BYU, Miami, at Iowa, home Michigan, home Ohio State, at Indiana, who we just talked about, home Minnesota, at Penn State. It's a brutal schedule, man, that I, I just it's you think okay you win the games we should win and then all you need is two more the rest of the season and and in, and in a vacuum like we talked about with uh Jeffrey the Greek and Big Kurt last episode on uh our interview in a vacuum those games a, a few of them are winnable Northwestern at BYU Miami at Iowa so those are winnable games, and I don't see any reason why if we can get decent quarterback play, our skill position players um, can progress the way that we would hope, and we find a couple more guys on defense with a great defensive coordinator coming in. I, I don't see in a vacuum any reason that we can't win any of those games, but to predict that we're going to find two of them, I, I just don't feel comfortable with that at all. So. Uh, I'm staying away from this one because I can easily see a world where we get decent quarterback play and we win games against Northwestern, Toledo, Rutgers, Maryland, and then squeeze one more out, whether it's at BYU, at Iowa, whether it's Miami at home, if they can't figure out the offense, even though they brought in Derek King at quarterback. I can easily see a world where that happens. I mean, if you're putting a gun to my head and making me bet this, I'll probably go with the under because of the uncertainties, because it's a new coaching staff that didn't have spring ball. So some of those winnable early games are are now even tougher. You know, you look at Northwestern uh, week one, that's going to be a tough game just because of the dynamics in play. So uh, can I see a world where we go over? Absolutely. You know, we get fine, decent quarterback play, hopefully out of a Peyton Thorne. Our our skill position play, players, Jalen Naylor stays healthy. Eli Collins continues to progress. We find a healthy offensive line combination that works for us. Uh, we, we find a little bit of a pass rush after Kenny Willekes leaves. Uh, we, we find another outside linebacker next to Antoine Simmons. Can I see a world where all these things happen? Absolutely, I can, and I really hope we do. Um, but I, I'm staying away from this one because I probably would lean towards the under. And in general, folks, it's a really bad idea to bet for your team. Uh, I'll tell you that right now. Uh, don't let, if you're going to start off your betting adventure, if you haven't done it before, do not bet your own team. It, it just adds to the heartbreak. If you're, already living and dying with your team on any given Saturday, you don't need to add your wallet to the list of worries um, that you have over the course of a college football Saturday. So um, just leave your team out of it. Leave Michigan State out of it. But the number is four and a half. I would probably lean with the under, but I'm staying far, far away from this one. Rutger, uh, Maryland, excuse me. Maryland is next three and a half wins. So uh, basically, you got to find four wins on that schedule. Now, Maryland started the year hot last year. They won 79 nothing week one. They played a ranked Syracuse team week two, blew them out 63-20. to They were averaging 71 points a game and 650 yards for the first two games of the season. And then it went downhill. <laughs> 
Uh, they beat Rutgers in a not very impressive win. And then they lost every game on the rest of the schedule, um, including that it's basically started off the spiral of 59 nothing loss to Penn State. So it's um, it's a team that didn't have a good year last year, three and nine. It's worst season since 2011. Uh, and they lost 20 players to transfer. So players are trying to get the hell out of there. They're not returning a whole lot of production. 51% on defense. That's 101st in the country. Uh, their offense has struggled to stay healthy. They went through a, a whole mess of quarterbacks last year. They allowed the most sacks of any Big Ten team, 38 sacks last year. They were just constantly under duress with a bad offensive line. That offensive line is probably not going to get any better. It's I am having a really hard time finding four wins on the schedule here. So let's go through it. Towson week one win. Northern Illinois week two should be a win, but that's a good MAC program. At West Virginia, week three, that's a tough game on the road against a Big 12 team. By week, and then home Minnesota, loss. At Indiana, loss. At Northwestern, loss. Home Wisconsin, loss. Rutgers, coin flip. At Michigan, loss. Ohio State, loss. At Penn State, loss. Home Michigan State to end the year. Nothing to play for by that point. Also probably a loss. So, I do not see four wins on that schedule. If you gave me Towson and Northern Illinois, again, I, I think Rutgers is a toss-up. But even if we count that as three, where's another win? I, I definitely don't see one. So give me the under on Maryland. I feel pretty strongly about this one. The The coaching staff is not looking good right now. Their end of the year last year was among the worst in college football. They don't have a lot of players coming back. Players are trying to get the hell out of there. Again, 20 guys transferring in one offseason. They're in a bad, bad spot right now. And I under Mike Loxley, and, and I don't see it getting better anytime soon. Give me under three and a half wins for Maryland. That brings us to our final team here. Rutgers, our favorite uh, Big Ten edition. A couple fun stats for you from Rutgers from uh, Pick 6 Previews, the magazine. Uh, last year, uh, or I'm sorry, in the last three seasons, they were held under 60 yards passing 12 times. Over the last 40 games, they've had eight touchdown catches by wide receivers. In the 2019 season alone, they were shut out four times. Uh, since 2014, they have been shut out 11 times. No team has had 11 shutouts in the Big Ten uh, in the last uh, since 2000 was it 2014? No, see, no team has had 11 shutouts since 2000. So I, I mean, Rutgers is an absolute dumpster fire over the last year. But they brought in Greg Schiano, who was the reason that they were. You remember it wasn't that long ago that Rutgers was number two ranked in the country with Ray Rice at quarterback, Greg Schiano there leading the charge. He went to six bowl games in seven years. So he brought pretty consistent success to that program. He's coming back. Obviously, we know what happened last year and the years prior, but 
Um, he's bringing in the offensive coordinator from Oklahoma State, Sean Gleason. So they're going to try to run up tempo. Gleason, before he was at Oklahoma State, was at Princeton scoring 47 points a game. So this guy knows offense. This guy knows how to throw the ball around the yard. So expect a lot of that from Rutgers. Now, the problem is they don't have any good quarterbacks, but they have eight on the roster this year. They brought in a Texas Tech transfer uh, who can probably play that Oklahoma State offense. He knows what he's doing there. They brought in a Boston College uh, transfer. They brought in a Baylor transfer. They brought in a Nebraska transfer. It's ridiculous. So um, they have eight quarterbacks on the roster. All they have to do is find one that will be halfway decent. That's possible, right? Right? <laughs> so it's. I don't know. Is it? I don't know. 79% of the production is coming back on defense. That's 25th in the country. So they got some players coming back on defense. And they also have uh, four big time transfers coming in on defense. They have a uh, defensive tackle and a defensive back from Ohio State, both former four stars. They have a defensive lineman coming in from Michigan who had 36 tackles and seven tackles for lost last year, Michael Dwumfor. I don't know how the hell to pronounce that name. And a uh, former three-star defensive tackle out of Boston College, Ireland Burke. All of them expected to get playing time. And it's that's really exciting. You, you got some guys coming in here who are at least bigger athlete, or uh, better athletes than you have on the field now. So um, you have a bunch of returning production. And you got a, a couple potential playmakers coming in on defense. The over-under here is two and a half. So we're not expecting you to be average. We're not expecting you to go to a bowl game, Rutgers. We're expecting you to win three games. Now, the last time that they won three games was back in 2017. They had two wins last year against Liberty and UMass. They had one win in 2018 against Texas State. So they had three wins the last two years combined, and it was against borderline college football programs. But let's find a couple on the schedule here. So we need three wins. Monmouth week one. I think we can agree that that should be one of them. I do not believe in Maryland. This is going to be a little preview for my Big Ten preview and predictions. But I think Rutgers finishes ahead of Maryland. And I think they win that game. Um, So that would be two wins. Now find me one more on the schedule. Syracuse at home week two. At Temple week three. Those are... Winnable, Illinois at home, winnable. The rest of them are not. So give me the over two and a half. I I think Monmouth and at Maryland are two wins. And I, I think between Syracuse, Temple, and Illinois that they can find a win in one of those games. Even Nebraska late October, that could be a nice win. Uh, for Greg Schiano and Rutgers, I'm going over two and a half wins here. I think Rutgers can find three wins on the schedule this year. And I feel pretty good about it too, which is depressing to hear come out of my mouth. But that's it for the uh, win totals over-unders. Uh, again, Ohio State, 10 and a half, bet the over. Bet it like your 401k. Penn State, nine and a half. I'm staying away from it, but I'll lean towards the over. Michigan, nine and a half. Again, I'm staying away from it, but I'm leaning towards the under. Indiana, seven and a half. Take that over. Michigan State, four and a half. Stay far, far away from this. But if you do want to bet it, probably looking at the under. Maryland, three and a half. Under, 
Rutgers two and a half over. Um, now to finish this off, uh, last couple minutes here, um, we have some extra props, odds to win the Big Ten East, odds to win the Big Ten Conference, odds to make the college football playoff, odds to win the college football playoff, and the Heisman. We'll just talk about the teams in the Big Ten East, so this will this will go pretty quick here because I think we can tell you who's going to win the conference, but just to put some dollars and cents on it of what these odds are. So odds to win the Big Ten East, Ohio State obviously leading the way at minus 200, um, so what that means in, in simple dollars and cents, if you bet $10, you'll profit $5. So you go to the betting window, you give them $10, Ohio State wins the Big Ten East, they hand you $15, a $5 profit there to uh, at a $10 bet. Ohio State minus 200, Penn State's the next highest at plus 350, $10 will get you 35 bucks in profit. Again, bet $10. You're walking out of there with $45, $35 profit on $10 bet. Ohio State, or uh, Ohio State number one, Penn State number two at plus $350. Oh, Michigan number three at plus $450. That's a $45 profit on a $10 bet. Indiana plus $1,600. You bet $10, you profit $160. Michigan State plus $7,500. That's Bet ten dollars gets seven hundred and fifty bucks profit. Maryland plus five thousand. Rutgers plus fifty thousand. You bet ten dollars on Rutgers to win the Big Ten East. They do it. You win five grand. So, um, just bet Ohio State here. It's easy money. I I know the odds aren't like awesome, and you're not going to double your money, but. Uh, this is an easy bet, I think. I, I think this is really a position where it's Ohio State and everybody else. Don't overthink it. Maybe if you want to get cute and throw five bucks on Indiana, again, if you bet $5, you can win 80 bucks by the end of the year at plus 1,600. I, I think that could be interesting if if the good teams all beat each other up a little bit. Indiana squeaks by there, gets a couple wins. Could be interesting, I guess, but just bet Ohio State. Don't be an idiot. Odds to win the Big Ten Conference. Again, so we're just looking at the Big Ten East here. Basically, their odds to win the division and win the conference championship game against, you know, be it Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, whoever it is. Ohio State minus 125, so a little bit better odds here. Bet $10, profit $8. So you bet $10 at the window, you come home with 18 bucks. Penn State plus 500, bet $10 to win 50 Michigan plus 600, bet $10 to win 60. Indiana plus 2,500, that's uh, bet $10, get 250 bucks. Michigan State plus 15,000. You bet Michigan State 10 bucks to win the Big Ten Conference. They win it, you win 1,500 bucks. Maryland plus 50,000, same as Rutgers to win the East. And Rutgers to win the Big Ten Conference plus 100,000. You bet $10 you will profit $10,000. Again, don't be idiots, guys. Bet Ohio State here. That's actually pretty damn near even money odds. Take it now. Take it now because that those odds are only going to go down as we see them just absolutely bully their way through the first half of the year. That's going to go from minus 125 to minus 150 to minus 200. Uh, I have a very hard time seeing Ohio State not winning this division. I almost have an even harder time seeing them lose the conference championship game. We've seen them on a big stage so many times. If they get there, they're probably going to win it. 
bet Ohio State here. The the odds are great. If you want to take a flyer again, Indiana plus two thousand five hundred. So if you bet ten dollars on Indiana to win the conference, you can profit two hundred fifty bucks. Throw five on it. Why not? I think Indiana's an interesting play there if you want to be a little contrarian, a little bit more interesting. Now, odds to make the college football playoff. There's only three teams with listed odds here. Um, Ohio State is the highest in the division at minus 150. Those are the second highest odds in the country behind only Clemson. So you bet $10 on Ohio State to make the college football playoff. You profit $6.67. So uh, pretty good odds there. I, I think, again, if if you're going to assume that they win the East in the conference, they're probably going to make the playoff as well. So that, that kind of all lines up. If you're really confident about Ohio State and you bet $10 on them to win the East, $10 on them to win the Big Ten uh, Conference, and $10 to win uh, to make it to the playoff, you're going to profit a nice 20 bucks there. So you, you're going to enter with $30. You're going to leave there with 50, you know, 20 bucks free. That's that'll buy you a nice dinner somewhere without drinks, probably um, maybe with tip. Uh, now, uh, Penn State, they are 13th highest odds to make the college football playoff at plus 600. So you bet $10, you win 60 in profit. Michigan right behind them at plus 650. So Penn State and Michigan are the only other uh, options available. Again, none of these other teams in the Big Ten East they see having much of a chance. They got a couple more Big Ten teams, but in the Big Ten East specifically, that's where they kind of draw the line. So, I mean, if you want to throw a couple bucks on Michigan there, uh, again, if they can find a quarterback, maybe they could pull it off. Probably not. Just bet Ohio State, guys. Don't be stupid. Don't be... Don't be trying to be smarter than the smarter than the computers and smarter than the bookie. Don't do it. Just bet Ohio State. Get your money back at the end of the year. Make the investment now. It's like your 401k. You know what's going to happen. Just, just let it earn you money. Odds to win the college football playoff. Ohio State, again, second highest odds in the country behind only Clemson, plus 400. So you bet $10. You profit 40 bucks. You walk out of there with 50 Penn State plus 2500 so $10 will get you 250 in profit. Michigan at plus 3300 that's bet $10 to win $3330. So this is one uh, again I would probably just bet Ohio State but um I think Penn State and Michigan are both interesting at least worth throwing $5 down. I mean the the profits there where if you get lucky and and make it happen that's that's a nice little chunk of change for you and you know if you're betting five dollars not a big risk i i don't see it happening but again with with penn state if sean clifford can turn the corner this year they have a lot of talent on the rest of that team real real first round nfl draft sec type talent so if they can get quarterback play it's possible Michigan, again, if they can get quarterback play, it's possible. I would probably lean towards Penn State with those odds, but um, I think that might be worth $5 there. Last but not least, you have the Heisman. There are four Big Ten East players who have Heisman odds right now. Justin Fields, the highest odds in the country at plus 400. Um, so you you bet $10, you earn $40 in profit. Uh, Sean Clifford, 
second highest in the Big Ten. He's 19th highest in the country at plus 4,000. So $10 bet will get you 400 bucks. Journey Brown right behind him at plus 5,000. You bet $10, you get 500 bucks. And Michael Penix Jr., Indiana quarterback, 34th highest odds at plus 6,600. So you bet $10, you profit $660. I don't bother with Heisman bets because it very rarely turns out to be the player that you expect it to. And the odds really aren't great. Um, I think it's just a, a it's a waste of money. Nobody would have bet Joe, Joe Burrow last year to win the Heisman. Um, it, it's just... You're throwing away money at this bet. If if I were to throw a couple bucks down, I think Michael Penix would probably be the pick just because the Justin Fields is obviously the most likely, but at plus 400, you're betting him to win the Heisman Trophy. It's very rarely does the preseason number one get uh, end up with the Heisman Trophy at the end of the year. So... Um, Justin Fields, you know, there's a chance that they're pulling him late in games when they're up by 70 points. You have Trevor Lawrence there as well. I, I mean, there's just, can he probably win it? Yeah, of course. But, uh, I, it's the odds aren't high enough for me to throw some money down on there, but Michael Penix jr. Down there again, if Indiana can find some miracle season and win 10 games, and he's a dual threat guy who has a chance to put up the passing yards and the rushing yards. If he scores a bunch of touchdowns, they win a couple big primetime games. Maybe, maybe he can get to New York. So um, again, stay away from Heisman bets. But if you do and you want somebody in the Big Ten East, probably look at Michael Penix Jr. I think that's an interesting bet. So that's what we got here today. That'll wrap up our betting the Big Ten East. Come on back next week. We will start betting the Big Ten West. I got a couple interviews with former players lined up. We got a lot of exciting stuff. So subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Follow me on Twitter at Standing Room MSU. Ask me questions. Anything you would like. Leave me an Apple review. It really helps me out. I really, really do appreciate that. And when you do, leave a question for me and I'll answer it on the air. Thank you so much. Have a great 4th of July weekend. Stay safe. Have fun. Drink beer. Take care, folks.